All right. We all in? Well, we got a little bit of a smaller group this morning. I think we have at least five families traveling. So, uh, but uh, you know what? There's a whole lot more than two or three here. And, and God says when two or three are gathered together in his name, he's going to be there. And uh, Steve's here jumping up and down. We haven't seen him for a couple of weeks, so that's, that'll add some energy to it. Um, so it's good, good to have you all here. We're going to have some sing-along singing. I picked a bunch of easy songs, some old hymns that I think you all know. So uh, we'll be having the, the music to that to, to back you guys up. And um, these uh, songs are tend to be sung a little bit faster than what a lot of us might be used to. So uh, just uh, that'll keep you on your toes and keep up. So... Um, if you would like to, uh, you can feel free to stand if you want to. Stand, sit, uh, just don't lay down. Um, do whatever you'd like on that. We're going to sing the song, Come Thou Almighty King. You know that one, Steve? Somewhat, yeah. Somewhat? Come on, you're supposed to know that one really good. All right, got my guitar player here. enough for you to wake you up? Yeah. All right. Well, since uh, you're awake, let's do it again. Let's see if you can uh, sing along and drown out that music. Come thou almighty
next one I have here is Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Share in between songs here. You can feel free to do that. 
Go ahead. daughter. Father, we come to you this morning. Thank you that you are a father that is a true father and cares for each one of our needs, our desires, our requests. We come to you on behalf of Tim and his daughter this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would work in, in their lives. Father, that your will would be done in his daughter's life especially, and that you would, uh, that your purposes, Father, would be accomplished, and that most of all, she would be, be able to live in peace and in peace with you, and I just pray that uh, Tim's relationship with his daughter could continue to grow, and that uh, it would be a blessing to them, Father. I commit this to you in Jesus' name, amen. Oh, worship the king.
right. All right, kids, the few of you that are here, <laughs> come on up here. Why don't you sit here where uh, Phil and Katie usually sit, and uh is going to have a story for you, and who knows, maybe the rest of the family will pitch in on it too. <laughs> Ty, do you have the remote back there for the TV on? You want a microphone, Anava? Good morning, children. Just a few of you today, but and I'll make the lesson ones back there. Maybe two, kind of afraid to come. Okay. We just have a short lesson today. Um, in praying about what to share with you, I, um, I think that this is probably one of the most important lessons in life that we are continuously learning. And I wanted to talk to you um, about humility or humbleness and being humble and just maybe give some examples of that. Um, so um, does anyone know what the love of God is? What is it? That means you love God. It does. Do you, um, do you think you love God the same way you love brownies and toys? But toys, they can't really... Yeah, we, we love God more, but and brownies can't really love you back. They just so it's kind of like we like brownies and we like toys, but we we can't really have a relationship with them, right? So we can really like them, but with God, you know, we really can, you know His love is really different than loving brownies. It's like we love brownies, but we can't really love them. You know, we just enjoy eating them, right? And toys are fun, but so. Um, so God's love, he defines it as it's patient, it's kind, it's gentle. And, and some of the um, things that it says about God's love is that, you know, it, it's not provoked. We don't get provoked easily. We don't get angry and we're, we don't think we're, you know, we're proud or better than anybody. Um, are we better than anybody? Right? No, I don't think we are. We're all kind of... Resting on the grace of God, <laughs> but anyway, um, I was just wondering. I was thinking about God. You know, like I thought about this box. Like, can we fit God in this box? Do you think He'll fit in here? No. Do you think He'd fit in this building? You do. Well, he would fit, but I think He'd be a little too big for it. In the up to the corners, I think he would, huh? Yeah, yeah, he would be up to the corners. He'd be busting out. You know how big God is. Did you ever go outside in the evening and and um, look up at the stars? Do you know that people say 
I don't really know the truth of it. Someday we will know the complete truth, but they say that the universe just goes on and on and on with no end. And who created that? God, he did. And it's it's a huge, vast, it's amazing. Like sometimes I look out and I think, I am so small. Do you think you're big compared to out there? We're, we're tiny. Do you know what God says about us? He says he looks down on the earth and he sees us like grasshoppers kind of hopping around. I mean, we're tiny, tiny, tiny. We're very, very small in relation to creation. But the problem is, is we have this thing called pride and it makes us think we're more than we really are. And um, so I was just going to... Um, one thing the Bible says about God, it says, though he's very, very high, he is. He's way, way bigger than we can even imagine. He looks upon people that are humble. And that's pretty amazing. It's like if we're humble, God is going to look upon us and he's going to be blessed because those are the kind of people that he can be glorified through. Like if we think, if we're all full of ourselves thinking we're something, when we're really nothing, then he can't really be glorified. And that's kind of the purpose of what we're supposed to do on this earth, uh, to glorify him. And um, I thought about a few examples of pride that I would just show you, because sometimes people don't really even know what pride is. And, and I, it took me years, and I'm still learning what pride is. Sometimes it's like an onion. You know what an onion looks like? Did you ever try peeling an onion? It has many layers to it. It's like you take one layer off, there's another one, and then you take another layer off, and it just keeps going and going. And that's kind of the way pride is. It has a lot of layers in it. We really, sometimes we don't even know what it is. So I was just going to give you a few examples of what pride is so we can kind of try to fight against it and be humble for Jesus and so he can be glorified through us. Um, one thing I was going to have my son help me with, he reluctantly <laughs> didn't want to help, but I was going to just show you something. I was going to. So this is a toy that we probably all really would like to play with, isn't it? Like, so I'm going to demonstrate to you what maybe a pride, pr proud person would do. Okay, first, give me that toy. That's mine. How, why did you take it? You didn't even ask me for it. Okay. Did, we ever, did any of us ever do that? You never do that to your brothers and sisters? Grab things from them? I did. Never? That's very good. I'm glad to hear that. Your sister? She does. But you know what? I have a feeling that you do it too. Sometimes it's so easy to see what other people are doing and we don't realize we do the same thing. That's also pride. But like a humble person maybe would go up to their sister or brother and say, um, you're really welcome to play with that duck. I really spent a lot of time building it. But... Would you please ask me the next time? I'm really happy to share it with you, but I just want to, you know, I'd appreciate it if you'd ask. 
that's kind of a humbler way to do it rather than grab it and be contentious because some, you know, we, does anyone ever argue with their brothers or sisters? Do you ever argue? You do? I did, yeah. I did too. When I was young, I'd always argue with my brothers and sister. And um, that's because if, if one person is humble and doesn't argue, then there won't be any fighting. It's kind of the beauty of humility. Is like if somebody comes up and grabs something from you, like Nathaniel could have said, he could have responded really mean and ugly back to me, and then we would have gotten a fight. But because he didn't, you know, we didn't get in a fight. So that's kind of one thing about pride. Another thing is, does anybody know what like making fun of somebody is? Like, ha ha, look at him, look at his shoes, they got holes in it, or, or look how he's dressed, or she's dressed. Did you ever do that? Oh, good, I'm so glad to hear that, because that's kind of mocking somebody. And that's, that's another fruit of pride. It's, it's just something that we don't want to do. We want to be loving and kind one to another, right? That's what God's love is. It's patient, it's kind. And then another one, there's another example I thought of, or actually my husband was helping me, and then I, I read about it that very day. I read it in the scriptures. Um, there was a Pharisee, and he came before God. Do you want to be the, hum, the humble one? Okay, I'll be the Pharisee, and Nathaniel will be the, he'll be the humble prayer. There was one Pharisee, and he stood before God, and he said, I thank you, God. I thank you that I'm not like her and him and her and him. I fast, and I pray, and I'm so holy. I read my Bible every day. I don't think those other people do, but I do. And I'm just so thankful I'm righteous, God. And then there was another one praying with him, and you know what he said? He said, he beat upon his... Thank you, God. Have mercy on me. Just the attitude is not looking on other people, but just looking to God. And when we're humble, we won't be looking on other people and you know, seeing their mistakes. We'll, look, we'll be looking on God, and we'll see, we'll see that the difference between me and God's holiness compared to me and anyone else in the world, right? There's a bigger difference than that. That helps to bring us, right? That helps to bring us, keep us humble, to not look upon other people, right? And the children, maybe that's part of what Jesus said about being like little children, because they already have quite a bit of that, you know? The, the selfishness comes packaged in different ways. Anyway, and one more example is obeying your parents. What would a proud person do if their parents called them? What do you think they would do? A proud person or a humble person? I'll give an example. Nathaniel, would you please come here? He didn't come. What do you think about that? Do you think that's humble? That he didn't come? He didn't submit to me, did he? Just the way we're... What? What are you doing something? Playing a game and stuff. Yes, he does. 
But then, then, Nathaniel, would you please come here? Oh, hi, son. <laughs> what was that? Was that a proud person or a humble person? He was humble. He obeyed. And that's what we have to have is submitted hearts to God and to your parents. Above all, if you can't submit to your parents, you won't be able to submit to God. So anyway... Um, we want to be good trees of good fruit, don't we? I was thinking, I brought some bananas. Did you know, on a side note, how do bananas grow? Do you know? Do they grow like this or like that? This way. You, think, you would think they'd grow this way, but you know what? Bananas, actually, they grow like this. It's pretty neat. But do you think you can come to a tree and pick good, humble fruits and be humble that way? Could you find a a humble tree and go and pick some fruits and be humble all of a sudden? We can't. We can't go to a tree like that, like a banana tree, and pluck it off and eat it, and all of a sudden we're humble. We can't. But the hopeful thing is, is that we can go to God and say, God, Please help me be humble. And I I just want to encourage you guys because if there's one lesson, the, the way that we get God's grace and strength in this life is to be humble. And if just one of you in this whole lesson goes to God and seeks humility, I hope all of you will. But we can't go to a tree and pick fruit humble fruits. We have to go to God and get on our knees or however you want to pray and say, God, please help me be humble so I could be a blessing and glorify you because that's our whole job in life is to glorify God. And so I want to pray over you guys and can you pray with me that God would just help us all just be humble because God actually resists proud people. You know what resist means? It means he kind of pushes them away. He, he, can't, he can't really have much to do with us if we're proud because we, there's no room for him to come in and work in us if we're proud. We, we're already filled with ourselves. But if we're humble, then God can come in and he can work in our lives. And that is such a blessing. It is, children. Someday, maybe you don't understand it now, but you will someday. So I just pray over you in Jesus' name that, um, Lord, I just pray that you would please teach these children about humility before they get too old. And I just um, pray that their trees would be heavy laden with humility in Jesus' name. Well, thank you guys for being bearing with me. I, this is my first time doing a children's lesson, and I just hope that, um, that you can take something good home with you and maybe just remember you know, the law of kindness and humility and being gentle to your brothers and sisters and you know, not being mean or rebellious. Those are really humble fruits. Okay? Thank you. Thank you, Anna. That was
a great lesson, and it's it's true that uh, the earlier in life we learn those lessons, the easier it will go for us. But at the same time, those are lessons we all still need to continue to learn. At least I know I still do in my mid 40s and. I don't know, Dwayne, you still having to learn those lessons too? Or can I look forward to not having to learn them anymore when I get your age? <laughs> All right. So thank you for uh, sharing that. All right, Ali's going to be sharing the word with us this morning. So uh, come on up here, Ali, and, and now uh, we'll pray for you and, and uh, see what you got to share for us from the word of God. Thank you, Father, for my brother Ali. I thank you for his uh, willingness to share your word, to first of all hear from you, and then to to share what you share with him. And I pray that you would uh, just give him the words that you want him to say, give him wisdom, and I pray that you would uh, water these seeds that will be sown in each one of our hearts, that it would bring forth fruit for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, am I? Am I on? You guys gonna hear me? Good? Yeah, okay. So, um, I don't know why I feel like it's been a long time since we saw each other. It was just last weekend. We had the, the youth retreat. You know, we had great time. Powerful lesson about sour cream. I don't know if you rem- the guys that are here that remember the. I mean, that was a blessing, you know. Now they, now the youth know that if you want to eat like real Mexican food, you do not add sour cream. So I'm just blessing you right now too with that, okay? Information. So it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to eat with sour cream. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just need tortillas and salsa. That's all you need. So. Um, okay, I would like to share something with you. It's kind of funny because I, I had this idea in my mind, so I started to, you know, build it up. I want to get to this point today. And I was out, while I was doing it, I ended up in a different place. And I'm like, well, I guess that's fine. And I actually like it more, so you just bear with me. You will see, you will see the end of it. I want to talk about a word which is influence. Have you heard that word before? Influence. And I look for a definition. An influence is a power affecting a person, thing, or course of events, especially one that operates without any direct or apparent effort. Do you hear that? So it's basically even without intention, you can be affected by something or a person or, or the, and the other way around. Like, for instance, there is um, when you, what's the word, D-D-E-U-I? Is that when, when for instance, when, when somebody's drunk and drive a car or something? Is it D-U-I? Okay, D-U-I. So, say that again? Okay, under the influence of alcohol, um, it is basically, you cannot avoid it. I mean, if you drink too much alcohol, you cannot avoid getting the effect of alcohol, right? 
So this is, uh, we're not talking about that right now, but I'm saying the influence. This is what I'm saying. Something that happens, even if you are not expecting it to happen, okay, or if you're not aware of it, that is happening to you when you're affected by somebody. So I have a few questions. You don't need to answer these questions. It's just so we can think about it. Do we influence each other? Just remember these questions. Do we influence each other? Do we want to influence each other? That is different. Okay? So how do we influence each other? And of course we can keep adding like, why do we influence each other? When do we influence each other? And so on and so forth. So basically, we're talking about how we influence each other. For instance... This is kind of funny. I mean, I think it's funny. I don't know about you, but some of the guys, well, many of the youth guys are not here, but we have a biker here. Preston likes the bikes. So some of the guys, who started the bike idea? Was it you? You already had a bike? Okay. So this guy, he's one of them, got the idea of getting a bike. And then suddenly other guys got a bike. And more people got bikes. And everybody's getting bikes. I want a bike. But of course I have my wife that said, there's no way you're getting a bike. But still, but still, yeah, I'm, yeah, that's my reality. So I know I'm not going to buy a bike, but still, let me tell you this. Sometimes I, I just Google bikes just to see them, you know. It's like, oh my, this is really fun bike. $50,000, I'm not going to buy this bike. I mean, I'm not going to buy a $500 bike either, okay. But that's just the influence of these guys in my life. I really want a bike now. I'm not going to buy it, but I, but I want it, okay? So, or for instance, volleyball. You know that, I mean, we've been playing volleyball here lately with the youth, and I mean, I don't know, many of you were not here uh, playing volleyball. You should come play volleyball, by the way. It's really fun. But I find myself, like, trying to find tutorials or videos about volleyball. You know, like, how... How to serve, and there is this guy explaining. You put the ball over here and hit it like that. Or how to bump the ball, how to set the ball, that kind of stuff. Okay? Because just hanging out with these guys and seeing that some of them enjoy it, I enjoy it too, I like volleyball. And, and, and now I want to learn more about volleyball. So this is the influence just of hanging out with other people. And like that, there are many things. Like, for instance... I had the great, great blessing to go to the Stolfos family once, to the Stolfos house, and they made a steak for us. Guess what? I go home and we're making steak tonight, okay? We're going to make it just like Anthony does because he's amazing. And of course, it, not, it doesn't taste the same, but still, now I want to learn how to do it, okay? So that's why you should come to my house make, and see how I make tortillas so you can go to your house and make tortillas too, okay? So... This is the influence that we can have in each other's. It could be sometimes good influence, and sometimes can be like, oh my goodness, I'm not sure about that one. But it still happens. So we need to remember that it is something that happens unintentionally. So I w with this in mind, I want to tell you a story of a few men. Well, I'm going to talk about just mostly, yeah, a couple men, um, that were influenced by another person. And these stories are going to sound very familiar to you, which is great. And if not, let me know and we can uh, explain a little bit more. But I'm going to go to Luke 
Luke 5, if you want to open your Bible, in the book of Luke, Luke 5. Luke 5 says, verse 1 says, On one occasion while the crowd was pressing on him to hear the word of God, this is talking about Jesus, right? He was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So Jesus asked Simon, hey, can you move back a little bit so I can teach the people? And when he had finished speaking, he, he uh, sorry, uh, fourth, and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signed, sorry, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats. So they began to sink. And then Simon Peter, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And, and so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, C- I don't know how to say that name, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, from now on you will be catching men. And, with, and when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So, this is Jesus talking to a crowd of people, telling a lot of people, and then he addresses a couple of them, okay? And he makes a miracle over there, and then he calls them. He told them, follow me. Right? Yeah, okay. So then, from now on, from this moment, these guys started to hang out with Jesus. They started to relate, to be with him, to see what he was doing to learn from him. Okay, so they were like Jesus all the time. Do you use this expression in America? In Mexico, this means like, like you are like very close to each other. Like, like you're super close to each other. So, if we go to Luke 8, 22, we have a different situation. This same Jesus with this, a couple of the disciples... 8.22 says, One day he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. He was sleepy. Maybe he had a lot of burritos. I don't know. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, woke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and raging waves, and they ceased. And there was a calm he said to them where is your faith and they were afraid and they marveled saying to one another who then is this that he commands even winds and water and they obey him it's funny for me to be reading this because i feel like i mean i read these stories to my boy almost every night pretty much every night so i'm, I'm seeing the pictures of you know the drawings of the of the book that we have the bible that we have so now we have jesus with the same people 
But this is a different situation. Right? It's not the same situation. If we go to Luke 9, 10, sorry, I'm going to be reading a little pieces because I'm trying to build this up. 9, 10, it says, On their return, the apostles told him, told Jesus that they had done, and he took them and withdrew apart a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God, and cured those who had need of healing. Now they began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find, to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And you know, you know the rest of the story, I, I guess. So, Yeah, so they, were, they, were, they had bread and they had fish, and he fed all of them. I think it was like 5,000 people, if I'm not wrong, at least, yeah, 5,000 men. Um, so we have another situation here. Okay, that in this case, Jesus is having with his disciples. So the disciples are seeing different things from Jesus, learning a bunch of stuff from him. Let's go to 9.18. This is really powerful. Now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but others say, Elijah, and others that one of the prophets of the, the old has risen. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter, the fisherman, he said, You are the Christ of God. Pay attention to the influence that Jesus was having in Peter. Peter started to, started to experience Jesus First, like, wow, a lot of fish. How do you do that? Are you a magician? Are you some kind of, you know, how do you do that? And then he sees, he, Peter sees Jesus feeding a lot of people, healing people, praying for them, talking to a lot of people about the kingdom of God and telling them, you guys need to repent from your sins and look upon God. So Peter is seeing all these things. So you can imagine by experiencing this and how Peter is being affected by Jesus, there is so, something changes in your heart. I mean, Peter is not, is not the same anymore. However, let's go to Luke 22, Luke 22, 54. Maybe you already know this part. Luke 22, 54. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. He's talking about Jesus. And Peter, the same Peter that has seen all the miracles, and this guy that has been experiencing Jesus, being close to him, was following at a distance for some reason. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him, as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man was also with him. But he denied, saying, Woman, I do not know him. Man, I bet that was painful for him. <clears throat> and a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. 
And after an interval of, of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowd, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord who he had said to him, Before the rooster crowds today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitter, bitterly. Oh my goodness, that, I bet that was so heavy for Peter. So we're talking about this guy, Peter, that experienced Jesus in, in such a close distance that he even saw him feeding 5,000 people, praying for people and they got healed, and then talking in front of people. And then Jesus, you know, also, I mean, if we continue in the, in the, in the story, Jesus in front of authorities and talking with authority in front of the authorities, right? I mean, Peter saw all these things. But here, the Peter that was like growing and getting, I don't know, I'm going to say better at getting to know Jesus and more like Jesus suddenly took a big dive and he denied Jesus. I mean, what kind of friend does that? That would be so painful for us if we experience something like that. And suddenly you would say, like, I don't even know this guy. You know, like, we've been doing church for the last, I don't know, year or something, and you don't know me just because this is a dangerous situation. Peter had this moment in his life. However, let's, let's move a little bit faster here. Go to Acts, the book of Acts. And let's go to chapter 2. Chapter 2 of Acts, verse 14. This is the story of the Pentecost, right? So, and there is a lot of people, and, and you, know, you know what happened, I mean, let me read the, the beginning. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And so, suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And the divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them uh, utterance. Wow, I don't know what that means. Sorry. Okay. So... Right, so they start to speak in different languages and different tongues, and people were like, these guys are drunk. But then in, in verse 14, the same Peter, but Peter standing with the 11 disciples, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk, as you suppose. Since it is only the third hour of the day, maybe on the fifth or the seventh they will get drunk, I don't know. But this is what was uttered through the prophet jo Joel? Joel. Joel, thank you. So, and he, I mean, this is Peter, the guy that denied Jesus. Now he's doing the same thing that Jesus used to do. Like talking in front of people and telling them, of the repentance and you know of sins you need to come back to excuse me to God 
and just change your life. And then chapter 3, verse 1, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of the prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them, of course. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do, what I do have, I, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And I took this guy, and he was, and leaping up, he stood and began to walk and enter the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Okay, let's go back. Is this the same guy that denied God? Jesus is the same God. And now he's doing the exact same things that Jesus was doing too. Just commanding, you know, and telling people, hey, get up. Do this, do that. So, on the, cha on the fourth chapter of Acts, you have Peter and John before the council. So now they're in front of authority, just like Jesus did. He's passing through the same situations that Jesus did. He's experiencing the same situations, just like Jesus. He was being affected. He was being influenced by God. He took a, little, a few steps, but he was being influenced by God. Now, I want to add another person here, Stephen. Acts 7 says, and the high priest said, this thing so, and Stephen said, this is, this is Stephen, this is a guy, I, I'm mentioning this guy because this guy, he came in the story later. Right? I mean, he, correct me if I'm wrong, but if, as far as I can tell, he was not part of the disciples of the guys that were hanging out with Jesus, like right there. He came into the story later, and he, he's saying this, Brothers and fathers, hear me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Aran, and, and said to him, Go out from your land. And he starts telling the whole story, basically, from Abraham to the point to talk about Jesus Christ. Right? Now, however, in the, verse 54, when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. How in the world can you say that if people are throwing rocks at you, but still pray like that? 
Who did that? Jesus. When he was being crucified, can you imagine that? I mean, if you know, if Hollywood made a movie about Jesus, it was so easy for them to say, like, when Jesus was there being crucified, suddenly he would be like, boom. You know what? All of you, you're dead right now. They can do that. And I mean, they're really good at running some of the stories, anyways, not all of them. But Jesus could have done that easily. But instead, he prayed for them. And we have Stephen here doing the same thing. Doing the exact same thing. He got killed because of that. Now, are you, are you following the, this? How, what is happening here? These guys, the more they hang out with Jesus, or the more they, they related to Him, they started to be affected by Jesus, influenced by Him. The love of Him, His grace, mercy towards all the people, now, it wasn't them, but they didn't know. I mean, they were, when they started to follow Jesus, they were not like, you know what? I am going to follow Jesus because then I'm going to be able to heal people. Because then I'm going to, if I get killed, I'm going to be able to pray for them. No, not because of that. But still, the influence of Jesus in them was so evident that they couldn't stop it. That is something that you, that you cannot stop. Like I told you, if you... If you consume too much of a, I'm going to use the example of a drug, if you consume too much of a drug, it will get you, and you will pay the price. And the same, for instance, if you drink too much sugar, oops, sorry, I like sugar too, but we need to be careful, right? Or, or if we do too much of something, you will get the effect of that. I mean, that is, that is nature. That's the way it is. That's the way it works. So, the lives of these guys were influenced and I always like to use this word. They were transformed by Jesus. Because Simon, when he was, you know, trying to catch some fish, I'm 100% sure, even though the Bible doesn't say that, but I'm 100% sure that he wasn't thinking, one day I'm going to be healing people, or God is going to be using me to heal people, or one day I'm going to be in front of all the, the council and the authorities telling them about God. I, I doubt it. Absolutely doubt it. I mean, the, you know what? You follow me, right? I mean, this is absolutely no. No way. So, but just by being with Jesus, hanging out with Jesus, getting to know them, they were being influenced and transformed by Jesus. And the reason why I use Stephen as an example is because Peter was with Jesus. You know, they were hitting each other, playing volleyball, that kind of stuff. But Stephen came later into the story. But he was affected the same way. He got chosen later, right? But he had the same effect. And by he, I mean Jesus had the same effect in his life, right? Jesus was influencing his life. So, of course, like everything else, the more you relate with somebody, the more you learn about this person. Right? The more you hang out with somebody, the more you, you learn and you're influenced by these people. I remember when I was, when I had the opportunity to play uh, football, soccer in Mexico, some of the guys, so we're talking about, we were like 18 years old, you know, we had like 16, 17, 18, 19 years old boys living in the same house, 
you can imagine. So it was a whole adventure. Some of, I'm going to say some of us, because so we went to training in the morning. It was pretty hard training, by the way. Two or three hours of training, and then you get home, and uh, you, you just need to rest. But however, you still have time to do things. So thank God, for what I did it was I just started to read this thing. And that affected some other guys. Some of the guys, they started to read the Bible too. It was, it was great. But some of the other guys, they were like, they, were, they didn't care about it. They wanted to do just whatever they wanted to do. So, they, you know, they did different things. But at the end of a season, which is like six months, and then the next season, so that's 12 months, most of those guys ended up with tattoos and then earrings and, and kind of stuff everywhere. I'm not preaching against that right now. I'm just saying that they started to do that. But all of them started to do that because first one of them got a tattoo somewhere and then the other, the other one thought, oh, that's cool, I get one too. And they started to get tattoos everywhere. So they ended up all tattooed at the end of the, of the, of the year and the other guys ended up going to church and being transformed by God, which is awesome. I'm just giving you examples of how you are influenced, right, depending on the people, in this case, that you hang out with. So, that being said, remember the first question that I asked you. Do we influence each other? Yes, we do. I'm, talk I'm talking about here now, okay? I'm talking about us now. Do we influence each other? Yes, we do. Church, we do influence each other. We do. Even if you don't notice it, or I don't notice it, you influencing me and I influencing you, and the other way around. Now, do we want to influence each other? It doesn't matter if you want to. You will influence each other. It's a fact. That is something that happens because that's, that's the nature of it. Right? Now, how, when, and why is just by doing life together like we do. And it would be so easy for me right now to tell you guys, you better behave well. You better be a good brother. You better be a good sister because you're influencing your brother and your sister in Christ. I mean, it's easy to say that. And maybe you would agree with me like, yeah, yeah, I mean, you need to be careful. Yes, you need to be careful. I mean, you know, love. But what I want to tell you, actually the point of today's lesson is, guys, remember that we are being influenced by Jesus. And the more we hang out with Him, the more we relate with Him, the closer we are to Jesus, the more transformation we're going to see in our lives. And that's going to affect our brother and sister in Christ. So the motivation to look up on His face, to seek His face, the motivation to spend time in His Word, it's not my brother, it's not my sister, it's not you, it's not me. The motivation is him. Now, hey, remember Peter? He was hanging out with Jesus. He was seeing people healing. Can you imagine? That's crazy, man. Just going over there. And then I know this guy since almost he was born, and he's been, I mean, crippled guy. He couldn't walk. And now he just walked. My goodness, I mean, the impact that that has in your life. So Peter is seeing all these things and still. He, he failed the, I don't know if it was a test or what, but he denied Jesus. 
So I'm using this as an example in case you see a brother or sister struggling with something one day. The only way we can be patient with each other and have mercy to one another is if we are being affected, influenced, transformed by Jesus. Okay? And just remember that it can happen to you too. Like it can happen to me too. I don't even know why I'm saying this, but that's why we, we do not go and attack and judge right away. You know what we should do? We should do like Peter. We should do like Jesus. Not Peter when he denied. The Peter that stood up and had mercy on people. Like Stephen, God, just forgive these people that they are killing me. Man, that is a transformed heart, let me tell you. That is a transformed mind. If you are at that point, and, and that's the thought that comes to your mind, bro, sister, you made it. Let me tell you, you made it. So, that is... Maybe I shouldn't say this because we are, not the whole church is here, but I, I have to say this right now. The desire of the ministry team, allow me to say this like this, or, or the desire of my heart as your brother in Christ is for each one of us, guys, to thrive. If that implies for you Listen, if that implies for you to even go to another church, that's okay. Don't feel bad for that. Go ahead. Man, we want you to thrive. And I like the word thrive because there is no way to say it in Spanish, like specifically. In Spanish, it would be like prosper. But prosper sounds more like, like financially prosperity. I don't know. But the word thrive, I love the word. That, it's funny because when I say, if I'm talking Spanish with my wife and I need to say that word, I switch to English and then go back to Spanish, right? Because thrive is like you thrive in Jesus, being transformed by His Spirit, being influenced by His life, by His Word. That's what we want. That's my desire for you and for me, brothers and sisters. If we thrive, we don't need to worry about am I being a good influence or a bad influence to the people around me. You're going to be a great influence because Jesus is going to be using your life to affect the people around you. That's it. <laughs> Isn't it cool? I love it. Honestly, when I was when I was reading this and just you know asking God, what do you have for us? And I'm like, wow, that's what we need. That's what we need. We need to allow ourselves to let Him influence our lives, our hearts. And pardon me that I repeat this again, but. It, I don't even know what I'm saying. Unless you're being worried about, oh no, the church is not growing. Oh no, uh, we are less people and less people. Don't worry about that. You know, my father-in-law, let me share this really quick. I love my father-in-law. I consider him my friend. He's, a, he's an elder in another church in Windsor. And 
in my culture, I cannot go to another church. I have to go to the church of my family. And that's what we did in Mexico. We went to the same church for 25 years in Mexico. We love the church. We love the people. But there were some things that were like, I am not growing here. I am not thriving here. You, you, know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so I am going to this church because of my father-in-law. And I love this church. But at the same time, I felt like I was not thriving in this church. I was not growing. And there is nothing wrong with this church. I love these people and they are thriving. I, I mean, it, it's just, it's different for everybody. Okay? And you know what my father-in-law told me? He told me, why don't you go to another church? And for me, that was like a sin. Like, what do you mean? He's like, you don't need to go to the church that I go. How not? You're my father-in-law. I have to be with you. He's like, no. I want you to go to a place in which you're being challenged. I want you to go to a place in which you thrive. In which Jesus is growing in your heart and you're being transformed by him. For me, that was like, that is wrong. I'm not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to go wherever you go. And it took a, it took a while for me. It took a long time to even say, okay, we're going to another church. And it's been such a blessing. And I'm not saying that it's, it's been such a blessing to leave that church. I'm saying it's such a blessing to take this step and allow the Spirit of God to transform our minds and our hearts. So that's my invitation to you. You're being influenced by God. Okay? You are being influenced by God. And do not worry if you see... First of all, you should not compare it with each other. But if you see that someone else... The influence of God is different. Hey, everybody's learning in a different um, pace. Everybody's just, we all are being transformed. Like Peter, he had his, you know, like up and downs. But by the time that he died, he was in the very top of it. Like Stephen, in the very top of it. So, let's keep being influenced by God. Let's keep enjoying that relationship with Him and allowing Him to transform our hearts. And we will influence each other for good. You want to pray? Shall we pray? Do you have any questions? <laughs> thank God, man. I was so blessed too with it. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for... We thank You for Your Son. Thank you that you let us get to know you and to be transformed by you. Father, we pray for, for this church that you, that you transform our hearts together and that you influence in us so we can get to that point that by the time that we get to the end of our lives, we, we are the top at the top of knowing you and allowing your spirit to change us and that we can see, God, your, your work through us and among us and just being a blessing to each other and be blessed also by, by each other. I thank you, God, for 
we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for, for being patient to each one of us and for teaching us in your way. Just keep doing your job in us. Just change our hearts and transform our minds. God, we love you. And we praise your name. We want to praise your name with the way we live every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, brother, for that challenging word. It's, yeah, each of us, no matter where we're at in life, no matter how young, how old, we, we influence people. We're an influence on, on those around us and, and ultimately to what extent we allow ourselves to be transformed in, in the image of Christ will uh, will dictate how or what kind of an influence we are on, on those around us so um, never never uh, underestimate the, the position or the value of where God has you because you will be an influence in others lives thank you for, for sharing that word Ali. So I think that concludes that uh, part of the service. I see John and Dwayne out there cooking up some hamburgers and hot dogs. And since we don't have a big group, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of food. So stay and enjoy and enjoy the time of fellowship. Uh, if you're able to, let's stand and we'll have a closing prayer and a blessing on the meal. Father, I thank you for being here with us this morning, for speaking your word to us, and the reminder of how you want to transform each of our lives into your image, and how you want that to not only change our lives, but that that influence would change the lives of those that we're in contact with. So I pray that that would be the desire of each heart here this morning. I pray that you would draw us closer to you this week, that our, our influence on those around us would be your influence. I thank you for this time of fellowship that we have now and for the food that's been provided for us. We just pray your blessing on it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You're dismissed.